It's me, that freaky bitch, Casey Coop, and you're listening to Casey's Freak Show Podcast. Joining forces with me today is Max Bloom. Max is my fellow sober addict and a fellow cat parent, but a not-so-fellow editor for music videos for everybody from Migos to Sage the Gemini and Little Yachty. If that's not creative freedom, I don't know what is. Uh, He's also tattooed heavily, and I feel a weird connection to other heavily tattooed people. Maybe it's the masochistic thing. I don't know. I had a lot of coffee. Hi, Max. Hi. How are you doing? Hi. A lot of coffee, Casey. Woo. (laughs) Since, obviously, I no longer drink, I get my rocks off with sugar and caffeine. Absolutely. I actually don't know anything else to do. It's just like... Like, how do we we survive this life? (laughs) I don't know. All I know is I woke up for... I had two hours today before I had coffee, and I thought I was going to melt into the... Yeah, right? It's so weird. It's like an apocalyptic land before the coffee sets in. Everything's kind of a haze. It's terrible. I, I discovered uh, Soylent. Uh, quick plug on the product Soylent. Okay, somebody was Love just them. telling me about this. It's like a meal replacement. What? What is that? They have they have a, a coffee version, which has now replaced a good eighty percent of my meals. Where it's Why? Because it's, it's just caffeine and uh, liquid gold, and you just ingest it, and it's like and liquid gold. I'm trying to live in the future, so like I just cool. any chance I get to live a little bit more like, like after a bad the nukes, like after the nukes. Hit. Definitely after Trump accidentally nukes Los Angeles, <laughs> in Korea. like into the. Caffeine soylent future. Yep, just world. Yeah, that's beautiful. So, <laughs> just to kick off from, let's get a little bit about your background. Where are you from? How long have you been in LA for? Uh, I was actually born in Burbank. Oh, um, so you're like a little valley boy. I am absolutely the pretentious LA native. Uh, but the thing is, I feel like you're you've lived all these other places though. It's funny because I've actually only ever lived elsewhere in Phoenix, Arizona, which is oh. uh, ho- summer hellscape. Otherwise, it's beautiful. But I've been all over the U.S. forever, like uh, Nashville, New York, Atlanta. I've I love all the music places. Basically, you work in the industry, right? The right. industry, the Cap- <laughs> capital T, capital I. <laughs> Are you a part of the Illuminati, Max? Um, I'm actually not allowed to say on air, so cool. I'll reserve. Uh, judge, I will reserve. Do you have on one air. of those like triangle, like pyramid tattoos with the eye in the middle that all those Illuminati people in LA have? Not a tattoo. It's actually a brand. Oh, uh, I got, yeah, I got, yeah, it was branded into what, me. What part of your body did they did uh, they penis. scorch? Oh, yikes! Yeah. Wow, cool. Yeah. I'm a level fifteen Thetan. Can I? Can you get me into that? Is this is this off yeah, air, n- Loki? N- uh, n- it's uh, uh, if I were uh, in the Illuminati, uh, it's entirely if. only male. Sorry, so pa- damn patriarchy it. extends everywhere. God damn it! I just want to be <laughs> drinking goat's blood. Okay, so you're—I didn't know you were a native. Um, I know that you do edit a lot of these amazing rap videos because I love rap. It's my fave. Um, what was your into working with all these cool rappers and doing their videos? Uh, a Craigslist ad? Uh, what? I just, <laughs> what? It's super weird. Craigslist I, has only ever given me sketchy living environments. Well, this was a sketchy job environment too, so I guess it checks out. I like just gotten fired uh, off of like a post house job, and I was super unemployed. And uh, there was like a Craigslist ad for like an assistant editor at this music video company that will go unnamed. And like I showed up, and like uh, I was like 
uh, just super crazy the interview and like I guess they wanted someone that was insane and young wait, and starving. Wait, why, why were you crazy? I was so high on Adderall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Caffeine soilage. I had spent like the night before drinking because I was nervous about the interview and I thought a right. hangover would help and I was too totally. hungover in the morning so I just like railed Adderall and went to the interview. <laughs> Naturally. Yeah, and uh, that music video company ended up, I ended up doing a lot of videos for uh, Chris Brown and uh, other like uh, rap artists like him. I also met my ins with uh, Lady Gaga. Whoa! I did a bunch of her I videos. Love her. While really? I was there. Yeah. No. Wait, I, just like editing? Yeah, editing and then uh, uh, visual effects. Did I, you have any formal training in that? Uh, a little bit. Um, I, I, I. This is the part where I admit that I'm, uh, I'm a beneficiary of nepotism. Uh, my father's ah, been in the industry for a million years. Got you. He instilled the love of film in me, but most of my stuff is self-taught. Like it was all YouTube tutorials and like. Yeah, because even like people I know, when you do get a formal education in any field, like you don't use it. No, no, I'm a Everybody high school learns, dropout. Like, everyone learns everything on the job. Let me just tell you, unless you're like a doctor or something, <laughs> or like a, an engineer. Like basically, everyone learns everything on the job. It's I, kind of. I, I do kind of want to meet the on-the-job training doctor. Though. I kind of. <laughs> like, I want to. I want to let them cut into I've me. I've got faith. All right. I've I want faith. the on-the-job training plastic surgeon. <laughs> like, fuck it. Like, I'm, get, I'm getting old now. I need, like, just, like, play around. Play around with my body and just, my face. I mean, at this point, we're not going to make anything worse. Just go to yeah, town. Exactly. Do what you can. I think that's the thing when people, like, deride, like, Joan Rivers or Kathy Griffin or whomever for getting a lot of plastic surgery. Get your life, girl. I think get they were just life. at the age where they're like, eh, it's better than whatever it was before like they didn't give a fuck they were just like okay anything's better <laughs> <laughs> that's what you gotta do just, just live and just have that experience because it's probably gonna be great why not i think that's how we both feel about tattoos but i'll get to those later since i love talking to other tattooed people so yeah let's get down to the nitty-gritty so i met you because we're both sober how long have you been sober for uh, since, uh, March 14th, 2016, I think I'm like, I'm a little over a year and a half. I don't, I don't, I can't do math on the top of my head. Oh yeah. Like a little year months. and a half, baby. Yeah. Well Dude, into number two. How is number two going? Really good. Yeah. It was just straight up. Um, everything in my life has come to a place of, uh, mostly just good vibes. Uh, really? I not- noticed that about you. Your, po- your posts are more positive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm less the train wreck that I was a year ago. Yeah. It's same, just, same. Basically. It just, uh, everything, it's just like, uh, I just have better tools now to just deal with nonsense. It's not like my life has gotten like better. It's just that I've gotten better at dealing with it. And my life has also gotten better. Yeah, yeah. both. And right. I think like just being better at dealing with anything, then your life naturally gets nicer, you right. know, just like dealing with the everyday stuff. Because I used to have like fucking tantrums and panic attacks over like the smallest shit. Like everything was a freak out for me. Oh, of course. I mean, that's the only way you can react to things. That's like, the only way. I asked for almond milk in this latte <laughs> and you had the gall to give me whole. How dare you? Uh, yeah, I love tantrums. They're my fave. Uh, I had a moment at the Target earlier where like they ran out of my preferred cat food brand and I was like, oh. why would they do this? Don't they understand that sage and rosemary, aka the spice purrs, deserve oh. what they're is what you named them. I know you're a cat dad now. I, I am just, I am obsessive. Well, I'm Isn't it funny after you get sober, like, 
like it's funny because I know people that are like I don't want to get sober I'll become lame and I'm like no becoming <laughs> lame is the greatest thing that ever happened to I, me I have so much more fun now that I'm boring and, and just me lame. too it's, it's so weird I didn't think that was possible it's like I just I'm just so much more stoked about the smaller uh, great things like the me fact too. that I own uh, I don't own I parent uh, cat children and Aww. they're just you just don't little, own you're such a LA parent I don't own them I parent I, I parent absolutely <laughs> <laughs> fuck I own my pets they're my little bitch <laughs> my cat and dog, they're my bitches. Oh, I'm I'm a new age cat parent. I'm not <laughs> you have the old school way of I get it, but you know, it's a different world now. Of course, yeah. You just you 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 guide them around life. You I don't do. you're I not just, their possessor. There are no rules in this household, <laughs> just like uh elegant guidelines. Yeah. <laughs> when did you get your little babies? I got 420 uh, so funny. you're like well i can't smoke weed it's so, so it's so i didn't even realize that it was the date when i was going to pick them because i was in the middle of like a crazy hectic work week and while i was working like 100 hours a week i was like i also need cats and like <laughs> yes because yes. i have to do everything 19 things at a time otherwise they don't, they don't count and like, Same. I actually got my puppy uh, like the week after we got back from Europe, and oh, I was still like for three weeks in July with Eric. I've never heard you say that you were in Europe. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Max, did you hear? I went to Europe, and it was three weeks. And anyway, but no, I got the dog right when I came back, and things in my life were so out of order. But I'm like, a puppy on top of all of this would be fantastic. It, it, it's like, uh, it's like you just add more chaos and it all balance out. It's like evenly totally. spaced chaos. Totally. And, and if, um, and I'm not a failure if I just stay busy all the time. Oh my God. That's my motto. Right. Like, right. Tattooed on my forehead. Tattooed on my forehead for real. Um, but no, it's funny. Cause I, I know I've, I've talked to many people that like kind of infer or just flat out say that being sober is boring and lame. And I'm like, I didn't know that staying in could be fun. Like, I had to be out every night because, like, otherwise I'd be trapped with my own thoughts. Ew. Uh, and then the things I would invent, like, uh, FOMO <laughs> is the fucking worst. And, oh, like, yeah, I never when, feel that. When, never. When I, when I was drinking, it was just like, yeah. if I don't go out and go to the coolest party, like, I'm a fucking waste of space. Yeah. And, like, I'm I a need fraud. to get a selfie at that party with the hottest people at the party. Or no one will know that I'm cool. Yeah. Little, little did I know <laughs> that everyone knew how not cool I was. I was because you can see it now in retrospect I look back at the photos that will come up on Facebook remember four years ago uh, dude I reeked of desperation oh my god me too oh my god I look back I'm like oh I was trying so hard and everyone knew <laughs> people were just way too nice not to say something yeah. and fuck I wish they had because I was always on a rooftop looking miserable or in like a basement looking miserable or in a pool looking miserable or in a bathroom doing lines looking miserable. I look like, like a corpse. Like I just yeah. like, like I didn't think you could look dead on camera, but I found the way. Wow. I found the way. And yeah. I like sunk eyes and just no Jeez. real smiles and just like bad. How was life before you got sober? What was, what was all that like before? Just hell, man. I mean, it was really like, I can't remember a moment that I felt comfortable or okay like at all except right, for yeah. maybe the first time i got drunk and, and high or whatever like, oh yeah the first couple times definitely uh, no because like that's that was the thing for me is like uh like i wouldn't have continued to getting like wasted and like stoned and like whatever like uh as much as i did if it wasn't helping like it was for sure like a solution to like the internal nonsense going on in my head yeah and then you could like for a couple years there you could play with the mixtures of it a little of this a little of that a little more of this a introduce little, a little new one you know like i'm getting a little bored maybe i'll try coke out that's fun for too long like yeah. you know let's, 
Wow, like I only really try crystal meth. Oh wow, this works really well and is cheap and like. I've yeah. heard that from a lot of young people in LA actually that meth was like a thing going around the valley or some shit. Man, I it was like. Uh, a part of the story of my addiction is it also fueled this like faux artist, uh, air quotes here, uh, faux artist, fake creative, whatever that I was doing. Right. Uh, cause like, like I need it to be creative. To I always work. thought that. Oh, I always thought that. And I hear a lot of people say that. Oh, no, I need to be high to write jokes. Everything like, I did high was garbage. Was garbage. I was trash. Let me tell you, so many comics will go on stage like at open mics and just be like, I tried mushrooms this weekend and I thought these thoughts and then they say the thoughts and I'm like, no, no, keep those inside. They're not those brilliant. Good. They're those not, good. they're Don't embarrassing. They're really embarrassing. My God. I, it's like fucking, uh, I would like use like, especially crystal meth and Adderall because they're Jeez. basically the same thing. Yeah. I was gonna, I was that was say. like, we give kids Adderall. No problem. Um, no I political takes. Uh, yeah. but like I would use like meth, especially when I was at that music video company, like it was the first one that I'd been at like I, they would work me like unreasonably hours and like i would just be using meth and adderall well, i mean like truckers like use a lot of meth that's like a thing oh, so yeah, they can make sure. these long drives without falling the, asleep the wise truckers showed me the way and like <laughs> i would i would basically come to this understanding that like it would be fine that i had like a raging crystal meth problem because i was productive <laughs> And like, never mind that the inside of my nose was like completely cleared out from like the snorting Adderall Oof. and fucking Coke. And I was like, yeah, the justifications become over the great, especially because after I got sober, like my work got better, like uh, basically night and day. Same. Mine did too. And I totally had this narrative in my head that was like, you can't stop drinking because all the great artists are drunks. And it's like, I am Bukowski. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't hear about the sober famous artists because they don't. You know, they're not going to, that's their secret. That's like their thing. So what was like a low moment for you that you remember where you first thought like, oh, this is an issue for me? Uh, the first time, hmm, it was probably, wow. I don't know. Actually, that's a good question. I, I think it's an I've, intense question. I've had, I feel like I've had many of those, like many like um, shots to the face, like at some point, like, uh, Probably the first time I got arrested, I was like, oh, man, like, this is a problem. Uh, when I dropped out of school, um, when I came to the realization that I was, like, cooking math in, like, an apartment with 13 people. And I was like, what Were am you? I doing? Yeah, I was the punk rock days. Um, oh, God. It, the, the second time I got fired from a job because I was drinking, the first time wasn't a problem. The second time was. Like, because again, like we kind of ignore this stuff. Well, you see, I didn't get fired from jobs when I was drinking. I just walked out of them all the time. I just <laughs> left because I was, you know, and my favorite thing, uh, throwing a tantrum because I wasn't getting my way or someone was pissing me off. Right. I'm like, well, I'll just walk into the next job. Yeah. So that happened. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, there's like when people are like, you know, what's the rock bottom? It's like it was all rock bottom. It was all like I, I was I, just tumbling down a mountain, hitting rock after just all rock. the way down, scraping yourself. Yeah. Out. Like. I feel like towards the end, like, cause in the beginning, like you were saying, like, you know, it worked and it was great. And then it was like, it worked, but there were a lot of problems. And then suddenly it kind of worked and there were a lot of problems, but more problems. And then finally it was just problems the whole time. And I, it just wasn't working. And the voice in my head were just screaming at this point. Cause they were just getting louder. You oh, know? for sure. You couldn't drown them out anymore. 
No, right. and, and sometimes I think people like get confused when I talk about voices in my head. And what it is, it's like, no, it's your own voice in your head screaming, essentially, like, kill yourself, you suck, like, you're not good enough, you're not pretty enough. So it's like your own voice just sort of like blindsiding you. And it's hard to discern that when you don't have sobriety or mental health help. Um, it's just you and you think you're crazy when really it's just a disease of the mind that's that's kind of going at it. No, absolutely. And, you know, it, like you said, the symptoms when left untreated just get worse and worse. Yeah. Know, yeah. Just... So did you ever go to rehab or any shit? Like it doesn't every LA kid go to rehab. Nah, no health insurance. You didn't. So oh, you didn't know. go. OK. Yeah. Closest I got I'm was surprised. Like, just because like everyone in L.A. has. You're like an L.A. boy. So like, yeah. no, it's I... like it's like after graduation. That's what you guys do as a rite of passage. Exactly. We go to Passages Malibu and. Uh, yes. No, I, I I detoxed on my buddy's couch is the closest Ooh, I ever got to it. Wow. Just kind of shook it out because um, I was afraid to go home because I had like a bunch of like all I had was like booze in my fridge and like so I was like afraid that like yeah. if I went home I would like drink just to get rid of the shakes and then I would forget that I'm not supposed to be drinking anymore and I right. just go off. Yeah, I didn't trust so. myself at all. Wow, what were you getting off of at that time? Uh, booze and coke, man. I, I like that particular thing was the end of a really gnarly. This is what I consider my rock bottom. Uh, I'd gone up to Portland, Oregon to like repair. Shouts out, home, shouts hometown. out. Fuck your hometown. Oh, seriously, it that's fucking, why I got out of there. It, it almost, it very nearly killed me. That's what like, you told me. Me too. But I wasn't really in my disease then. I was just like sad because it was always rainy and cloudy. <laughs> I have friends in LA be like, I want to move to the northwest. I like the rain. I'm like, okay, get ready for it. Twenty four seven. Oh, I loved it. I loved it at the time because I was like, this matches my mood. Right. It's terrible. It'll uh, drag your mood down with it though. Uh, I think it reflects like it magnified like how much I was drinking. Like I was drunk when I got on the flight. I was drunk when I got off the flight. <laughs> I was basically I was blacked out by like eight p.m. that like the first night I was there. Jeez, were you doing music work up there? Uh, no, I was repairing a, a relationship. Uh, a uh, a while before that, I had done a music video with um, some mutual friends. Uh, we had a huge falling out. I was holding the hard drive hostage. Um, oh. on the like, and it was like a huge bad situation. And like after like ignoring them for forever long, I was like, oh, I'm gonna go up to Portland and make this right. Um, Did that work out? Kind of. Okay. Uh, I definitely like I blew up a lot of relationships while I was there that was unrelated to oh, what no. I was going up there. Um, like the guy, one of the guys that I was there with, like he's uh, also a problem drinker, we would say, uh, and he's also sober now too, and he's like one of my closest friends, but. Uh, now but like when we were there like we hated each other and like like there were points we were like confessing to each other like the over the course of the project like yeah we're about ready to murder each other like it was bad oh god yeah and over the course of that weekend like he hadn't gotten sober yet at this point either so like we both basically like drank our way to like near death like i i woke up one i woke up one morning after basically drinking and doing like a couple hundred bucks worth of blow for like it's straight for like several days and i woke up with like the shakes like i was like it was like the worst withdrawal symptoms i've ever had from alcohol because i've had them before at this point oh were you detoxing in portland no i uh i i woke up in a church um that I, <laughs> I was crashing in because my friend that I had gone up there, one of the other friends I got up there to see had thrown me out the first night. She was like, uh. you are a fucking mess. Um, and uh, I went to the airport 11 hours before my flight oh. and sat quietly at the corner of the terminal and re- like just shook and like mm-hmm. was, I reeked. I hadn't showered in days. I was sitting next to this like poor young woman on the flight home and I could just like smell like the, the fear and the desperation and the sadness and the alcohol and the blow like seep from my skin as I sat in the plane. Yeah. 
and uh, <clears throat> like I like I landed, turned my phone back on, I had like four percent battery, and I called uh, this like mentor guy of mine, and I was like, I I need help, I need I need to not do this anymore, mm-hmm. and uh, I like with like the last cash in my wallet, I took a cab from Bob Hope Airport to his studio in Hollywood, and he, he helped me out, and I've been sober since that day. That's amazing. That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy that. As alcoholics, like we have to be brought to our knees to do something about it. Oh, I needed to get every shred of ego just ripped out of my soul and like beaten to death in front of me. Um, I've heard a lot of sober alcoholics talk about how they were like just uh, empty inside when they got sober. And I I really like that. That resonates with me so deeply. I was a husk of myself because I've always used humor to deal with everything. Like it's always been, that's how I got such a strong sense of humor. Like it's, it's how I, I post every day a joke, you know, cause I just, I process the world through humor. And I remember when I got sober, I was no longer laughing and I'd be in a room of people laughing. And you know, as a comic, like you go to mics and shows and everyone's laughing and I work in comedy. So I want to make them laugh, but I was no longer laughing. And that was weird for me because you know, I often actually get a lot of shit because I'm a loud laugher and I, I belly laugh and I guffaw and I just, I'm very loud in my laughter because I just feel it. one of my favorite things it. about you is because Aww. you have this genuine, <laughs> awesome laughter and it's like rap. I just, I feel the joy. It's it's very cathartic. Like any pain I'm going through, if I laugh, it just lightens. And I remember when I got sober, I was not laughing and that was so scary to me because that's how I fucking defined myself my whole life. Just like the uh, oh, class sure. clown. I was voted the class clown. Like, and I was, I took <laughs> more pride in that than my fucking college scholarship because that's what I really loved about myself was my sense of humor and I didn't have it anymore like everyone would be laughing and to have that thought in your head like you don't get why something's funny that had never happened to me before like I'd always be the first one laughing at a joke I still am to this day but there was this period of months where I was crying while everyone else was laughing and I was partly crying because I didn't get why everyone was laughing and you know those people in you in your life and in your different I mean I've worked a million places there's always like those couple of people who just don't get it like they don't laugh that much and I feel sorry for those people they just maybe their sense of humor isn't that you know expansive but I had turned into that person and it was fucking horrible. Yeah, it's it's funny when you mentioned like the husk thing, the husk feeling. I like that was like one of the most vibrant memories I have of like the bottom was like I didn't have enough emotional gas left in my tank to even be like sad about how fucked I was. <laughs> like I was just totally oh, devoid. Yeah, like, it's of anything. True. And and also just going back another time to thinking that we couldn't create if we were sober, right? And it's nuts cuz like after I got sober, all the thoughts poured in, you know, new ideas and comedy ideas and takes on things like poured in. And it's just so funny to think back that, like, I just didn't think I could be a writer or comedian sober. I know. And it's 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 almost as if we look back and we realize the only things that we could create when we were high were uh, giant fucking messes. Yeah. <laughs> And also, like, you know, I love my I love Twitter because as a writer that's got me things and how you meet other other writers. But I look back and I used to be so angry when like certain bigger comedians or producers or whomever would unfollow me. I'm like, I'm a genius. How dare they? <laughs> but looking back, half my tweets were like just mean subtweets because I was like pissed off that day at someone because, of course, I was a train wreck and causing havoc all around me. So half my tweets were just like 
fuck you and fuck you and like not even clever just like it's like it's like it's great comedy just like screaming yeah. <laughs> adjec- like expletives at people like yeah right i mean now i see those people sometimes on facebook and stuff who are just like and you know do you ever hear that phrase it's like if you meet more than two assholes in a day you're the asshole no but i'm i'm gonna use that as my my check down now for the rest yeah. of my life but... <laughs> it's so real because i was like everyone's an asshole but no it was just was me. I the asshole today fuck yeah well no, you're I'm, not an asshole you're a very nice person uh you didn't see me before my first latte no <laughs> and you're, you're soylent um but yes on that note we're gonna go to a quick break be right back Alrighty, it's Casey Coop, and I'm here with my friend Max Bloom at Meltdown Comics, which is located at 7522 Sunset Boulevard. And today they're celebrating their 25th um, anniversary with a block party. There's like a bouncy house. So that's not the day this airs. But I ate a bunch of brownies, and I'm like a happy little child right now. I'm like so happy, and I guess I'm just rubbing that in your face. Anywho, come visit it, though. Meltdown's the shit. So hi, Max. What's up? Hi. How you doing? I'm doing awesome. I'm just happy to be back in the studio. I missed a week and it feels good to be back. Were you in, were you in Europe again? Yeah, I was actually I just like made a little trip to Europe. Have you heard of it? No, no, I haven't. Oh, it's this place where they're really classy and now I'm better than you. <laughs> Oops. It's funny. I'm about to go to Japan, which I haven't stopped talking about. Oh my God. And I have questions for you about that. Yes. When are you going? Uh, what is Three days from now. Oh, really? I'm so there's a giant typhoon there right now. Oh, Dude. fuck. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to land in uh, a rain soaked Tokyo and it's going to be very anime. Um, <laughs> I'm. I want to go. Uh, Eric and I are planning for the spring to go. Yeah. It's, oh, you're gonna see some cherry blossoms and shit. Oh my god! It's, it's just like so beautiful. Is it your gonna, first time going? This is. I, I'm calling this the Max's 2K17 first trip out of the U.S. ever, uh, because I've only ever been to Rocky Point, which uh, is what's that? Like Rocky Point, Mexico. It's like oh. the, the tourist resort, like uh, on like the. Sea of Cortez. Wait, so you've never been to Europe? I have never been (laughs) to Europe. So I'm still better than you. You are still better than me. Wait, but what's for you, Japan? It is your first trip out of the country besides Mexico? Yeah, yeah. But also you're out of the continental US. I'm out of the continental. I'm away from the continent. I'm flying for 18 hours. Where, what are you doing there? Uh, I'm taking a vacation. I haven't like, I've been in a really, freelancing is fun. uh, Because (laughs) I I made $500 between March and May this year. uh, Wow. And now I haven't had a day off since the middle of July. Uh, this, wow. like so it's one of those things that like freelance kind of like that's goes the LA downs. life for you it's the LA life and it I did is. most of that working out of my favorite coffee shops and um, yes. <laughs> so like now I'm like I'm like I'm forcing myself to do this is like a self-help thing this is like I need this uh, is your eat pray love this is my eat pray love yes. <laughs> Uh, I just need like a mental reset and like I need to like because I'm like going crazy like with all the nonsense I'm doing and like I need this to like not do this. And I'm not saying like you, know, you need to take a fucking uh, trans Pacific uh, vacation to like reset your mind. I mean, for those of us but... who are constantly running away from ourselves, I would say yes. Go for it. <laughs> That's why I love traveling. It, it's just like you're constantly running away from yourself. It, I love it. Exactly. If you have the privilege and financial security <laughs> to do it, do it. I definitely yep. maxed out my credit card buying the tickets. Um, Can I just like low key admit that I spent $500 in an Alexander Wang bracelet on my credit card yesterday. Fucking yes. You fucking can. Oh my God, yes. It's like Splurge. a chain link, like fucking baller ass bracelet. Why didn't you wear it today? 
It's on its way in the mail. Oh, <laughs> damn it. Oh. I've never like gotten into jewelry and now I'm like, I'm turning 29 this month. I'm like, I'm allowed to get into jewelry Fucking now. do it. Like, I you know, like, you, you know, old it. people are just like dripped in like jewels. I'm like, I get it because we're withering away. We need to honor our withering away bodies with Exa- With adornments. This Adorn- my, my exactly. My body is a temple and I'm trying to pimp that shit out like exhibit. Fuck yeah. I'm glad you understand. But yes, Japan, I want, we're, Eric and I are going in the spring, um, but I know you were posting about like tattoo having friendly hotels and stuff because I've talked to a lot of Japanese people that are like oh yeah they associate having tattoos there with the Yakuza who is the gang that's the gang there the right. gang. so like uh, it's not always tattoo friendly there or what? what is that it, so I actually got the lowdown from uh, uh, a good uh, good friend of mine uh, slash old boss uh, slash uh, great human being give uh, me the lowdown who, I need to who know. goes there like fairly often for work and stuff and just you know hang out and I was like hey dude you have literal face tattoos um, no one is confusing you with like a decent person so like what's you know what's the <laughs> and he's like dude straight up hotels no problem like mo- unless it's okay. like a really traditional like for locals kind of hotel like mm-hmm. as opposed to like a western style one um, you're gonna be totally fine you cannot go you really won't be able to go to places where you have to disrobe um, gyms tough to find uh, bathhouses tough to find um, wait so we can't show off our tattoos there you can show them off. You can walk around with them, but it's like the disrobing thing. Like if you're going oh. to like a gym or like a bathhouse where anybody, you have to kind of like disrobe. Like oh. walking around, he's like walking around in public. Um, it, you're more of just an attraction than anything else. Like people are going to want to come up to you and take yeah, pictures. Yeah, because clearly I'm not in the Yakuza. I'm like a little I, white girl. I'm, well, I don't know. I don't know. You could are be you? a deep well, cover you, Yakuza Is agent. the Illuminati connected to the Yakuza? Yakuza so you're Bitter actually... rivals, actually. <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, I'm actually going there for a, 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 a West Side Story style game. Oh. I'm oh my God. Excited. Wow. A snap off. First first trip to Japan. First gang fight. Fuck yeah. yeah. You're doing it all. Um. So I guess on the topic of having tattoos, how do you feel about having a lot of tattoos? Are they like a cope? thing for you no i just wish i had more um <laughs> yeah the struggle is real my first tattoo was uh a band tattoo uh don't get a band tattoo kids um yeah. even if you still like the band <laughs> later you just feel like a fucking billboard <laughs> no nah, it, it's like i definitely like as a former like uh dirtbag punk rock kid and still punk rock kid at heart like i just kind of identify with the counterculture i just really respect the art form of tattoos um, one of my best friends does all of my tattoos. Um, mm-hmm. a quick, quick plug on that. Uh, if any <laughs> listeners are in Phoenix, Arizona, go to juice box over at diamond body art. I uh, feel like it became where my tattooers became my friends after they started putting their art on me. And now I'm friends with them. There's like a bonding experience. It's like, it's surgical. They're fucking making you bleed. These motherfuckers better. We better have a bond. It's kind of hot. I mean, like, and you know, <laughs> that very sexy. I once had a tattoo artist who I didn't like. He was just like this <laughs> gruff. I'm not going to say his name. He was just like gruff and kind of like hasty about his tattooing and he was rude. And you were just dollar bills to him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the straw man, my stripper <laughs> life. But it um that's like the only situation like I really didn't like uh, getting a tattoo is when they're just kind of you don't like their energy. Like you have oh, to have yeah. some sort of connection. Oh, definitely because like it's kind of like uh, tattoos are kind of like ritualistic for me. Like that's why a lot of mine are like mean nothing tattoos. Like the act of getting the tattoo. Oh my is god, the cool I love that. Like, Same. It's like the getting the act. Like sort of was a commemoration of like either emotions I was feeling at the time or like Same. cool concepts. There's only like a few that like I came up with backstories on. Same. And actually, like, the stories on mine change all the time. Like some of them meant one thing when I was 21, and now it means something else when I'm 29. And I feel like 
when people asked, do I regret any of them? Um, they all represented a time period to me. They're like a passport stamp from some like weird, <laughs> fucked up, emotional <laughs> thing where I needed a, some ink in my arm. This is the stamp from this emotional fucking journey. Yeah, and, uh, man, literally. I burned all the pictures. Did you, do you regret any of them? No, I really, no, I don't. Um, but I, there's like a couple I wish I had done like maybe better like yeah or it's not as good as I want it to be but like not really no I, I think, think like actually like crappy tattoos are way more interesting than like quote unquote good tattoos yes I whatever ha- the fuck that is I, this is I was 18 and oh. uh, I I was in my buddy's garage and we built a machine out of like parts we got from the Radio Shack next door a and, tattooing gun yeah and uh, <laughs> out I, of what uh, a nine volt battery a small motor. Uh, paper clip, eraser, and like a fucking empty pen tube. God damn. And like I tattooed punk as fuck on my arm. It Did is I almost see it. totally oh. faded. Oh, it has... I love it. I love how like shitty it is to be I honest. I know. It's so bad. It's I so love shitty it. and I like that it's fading. I just feel like they're way more interesting. Like, you know when you see someone who has just like like a perfect sleeve, like it was all done like within a couple weeks and it all it's just like gray and black and kind of just like blah tattoo whatever like it's right. just like roses and skulls and I'm like that shit's so fucking boring okay I have I have a lot of roses and skulls so I feel personally attacked <laughs> but, but those might no. have been from like a heroin time or something <laughs> it's a skull because I was like really into heroin at the time sick uh no it's like yeah it's it's almost like i'm like ah it's cool that you just like invested you know like you got like great art you know i'm never gonna knock somebody's art but it's like sometimes it's just like did you get that to get laid yeah (laughs) i just like the story i like the story behind the tattoo like oh for sure where were you at when this happened mentally or physically because all over the place place both places yeah (laughs) literally (laughs) same um oh gosh so I'll ask you what I ask every one of my guests. Um, what does being free mean to you, Max? Uh, so full disclosure, I prepared for this question. <gasps> really uh, good, because I feel like it catches people off guard, and they're like, "Oi!" Well, it's gonna be it's better because I totally forgot my prepared. Where's answer. your flashcards? Cats, I, uh, Where were these flashcards you talked about? Uh, I'm pretty sure my one of my cats knocked them off the desk. And I don't know <laughs> Are they the cats that do that? My cat doesn't do oh, that. One of okay, so I've got two of them. Oh, first, I'm gonna ask the question, then I'll talk about my cats. Uh, okay, be, go being ahead. free to me is. Uh, is absolutely understanding that nothing matters as long as you make sure that you're you're acting correctly or not correctly but like you're you're living in a way that is like good arbitrarily and um you're sort of letting go of the outcomes of situations oh that's the hardest thing for me to do and i've been struggling with lately that's honestly like that was kind of the key to like this last year was kind of understanding that like i am at my core an imperfect being I'm like working to get better and like I'm gonna fuck up constantly because I fuck up constantly mm-hmm. and that's totally fine like as long as I focus my energy and efforts into like um moving in the right way and just acting in like you know a good orderly direction just improving that's it man and I'm gonna and like it's kind of that realization that like also like I really have no control over any outcome ever oh my god I wanted to talk about that yeah you just mentioned it because like the last couple of days especially I'm like waiting on some emails uh, right now and I feel a rejected be like I'm not good enough just like see if I if I just emailed them one more time and it's like this is so gonna be emails. the one that's gonna refresh <laughs> the fourth email in a row <laughs> 
And it stings. It stings to still be invested in the idea that I can control the way something turns out. Oh, for sure. I, I have this constant battle right now where like I'm a freelancer. I, I hunt down invoices. I've gone so far as to, in sobriety, threaten to show up to someone's office and sit inside <laughs> until they fucking handed me my check. And like, because I'm fucking crazy. Uh, I do less of that these days. You good, know? good and, to hear. Uh, but there's, I've done the 19 follow-up emails like, hey, right. just remind you guys, you guys are way mm-hmm. overdue. Uh, please, please give me this, you know, mm-hmm. or like when I see like a job go to somebody that I think would be is not the editor to do the job. Like I'm like, oh, f- oh, this is me, man. Give me the Southern Rapid or whatever. Like and like it goes to somebody else. And I'm like, am I really? I'm, I'm a fraud. Clearly, I'm a fake artist and I don't know how to do the things <laughs> it that means I think we're I'm good all at. failures. My friend actually texted me today about this very topic that when she feels like she's too obsessed with the outcome of something and she's put in as much work as she can she then turns her attention to simply improving the, her insides like her mind the way she thinks her acceptance and that's what helped. and then all of a sudden life starts blossoming around her and it's just focusing more on yourself and being a better person and then it, it, but she's totally right I look back on these times when I was just more invested in just like working on me than forcing other people to do what I want. And everything flourished in ways I couldn't even imagine, you know? And so I have to remember that and something I'm really struggling with lately, you know, but that's the life struggle and I'm improving every day. It's just like, sometimes it's fucking, you trip and you fall and you're like, Oh uh, yeah, I can't make everyone do what I want. Fuck. I'm so proud of you, Casey. You know my you're, uh, my you're my favorite human being. You might you might be uh, one of them. You're the best. Why? Oh my god, I'm so flattered. Why? I'm a loser. <laughs> I mean, I'm so great. I think the first time I met you, I was like I was like fanboying, and I think I've never stopped fanboying. I know. Yeah. And I was like, maybe I'll take Max on to make me feel better about myself. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. The pitch hitter. Here we go. Oh no. Okay, actually, I did. Um, to be on a lighter, more fun note, what are some of the most fun videos you've worked on? Because I know you put out Bad and Bougie, which I it's obviously love. Bad and bougie. Especially as a stripper, because that'd be like popping off in the strip club. Let me just tell you what. That's, I'm, I'm so, I'm blessed. Strip honestly, club music is the best music. I'm blessed that I was able to uh, work on a video for a strip club banger. Um, yes. Fun fact about the Bad and Bougie video is. When it came in, I was like, I've been Amigos fan since like the first tape. And I was like, fuck, yeah, I'm the new Amigos song. What the fuck? And uh, it showed up and I listened to the song and I was like, fuck, this song isn't going to go anywhere. Really? Gonna, you said that about Bad and Bougie? I heard Bad and Bougie for the first time and I'll admit how <laughs> wrong I fucking am. I'm like, I'm honored that I get to work on Amigos video because I'm like their biggest fucking fan. But, but you were like, like, oh man, this is like, the I one w- no one's going to watch. Exactly. Why didn't I get Fight Night? You know what I'm saying? Like fucking, yeah. and like, <laughs> like fight that oh, so good oh I love that song so like um, and then I did the video and it just was unprecedentedly huge nuts uh, like, right uh, it lost to Beyonce for think, what video of the year lost to Beyonce for video of the year lost to Kendrick Lamar for hip hop video of the year got it tattooed on my fingers well when I get 100 I I million that. views bad and bougie Oh fuck yeah! So amigos are my favorite clients, man. I've uh, we d- do. you get to actually hang out with the artists that you edit videos for? Some of them. I've never met Migos. I've been on Facetime with Quavo once. Um, who's a pleasure of a human being. Um, That's so exciting. I'm so fucking jealous. Uh, the first time I worked with Migos was indirectly when I got to when I worked with Nikki Heaton for her video for Bad Intentions, which is one of my strip club jams. I, which by strip club jam, I mean I put it on my headphones and I dance in my apartment. <laughs> got these <laughs> for damn your cats. Bad, bad intentions. Uh, Does every song you work on 
Start with the word bad. Uh, Is that a prereq for you? Getting there. Uh, but anywho, so strip, strip club bangers. Oh, you don't get to hang out with every artist. No, no. I've, I've hung out with Nicky Heaton. Um, one of my like recent ones that I was super into was uh, Vic Mensa. Um, he, oh, yeah. I he, saw that. He worked out of my apartment with me for like a week. Ooh. Um, and I'm going to blow up his spot right now. Um, hot Vic Mensa rumors coming at you. Vic Mensa, huge fan of cats. Uh, he said that my cats were the best cats ever. They are. Uh, I, I see them on the internet all the time, and I <laughs> I, I want to fan out for a second the over spice your cats. Purse. Oh my They're god! They're so cute. And having two kittens. I remember when I had a kitten. She was like crazy as fuck. Is it weird having two of them? They're actually. It's easier. Look at my lock screen. Um, oh! This is great for the audio podcast. I know. It's, it's. It looks like an owl in the photo. She's just. She's got fun face. Um, if you got, this is actually because I was hunting for kittens and I wanted to get, <laughs> were you, did you have a rifle? Kittens. Hunting for kittens. <laughs> where were you in the back I was actually just running around Los Feliz with a butterfly nut, um, <laughs> which is incidentally where my kids came from. But like, so I wanted to get, I had this idea in my head that I wanted to get a black cat. I wanted to get a black cat that was like, you know, cause, um, I have a black cat. I, I know. And they're I love adorable. it. They're adorable. I, dude, they're, they're almost unadoptable. That's they, what I heard is. That's why I wanted one because that's they were the rejects. One. Yeah, and why are they the rejects? They're so cute. Superstition or something. I have a. There's well, a, I'm glad witches are coming back in fashion because maybe now black cats will too. Girl, yes. I'm gonna get another Poor one. Poor babies. They're the prettiest ones. They so like I wanted to get a black cat because I was like, Fuck oh, yeah, dude, and I because sure, we are hail Satan. Absolutely, uh, I worship the devil. Um, probs. Uh, <laughs> but you just got little baby kittens instead. Yeah, I uh, a friend of a friend actually, uh, dude that I uh, got so one of my buddies that also got sober from the Portland Adventure, the one that we used to hate. Oh God, <laughs> the horrible! Like we had, we were terrible. Now we're BFFs or whatever. Um, his old roommate had the cats, and she was like, "If anyone wants a pair of kittens," and I'm like, "Oh, you know, maybe I'll grab one." And I showed up, and I fell in love with both of them. That's what and happens. I was like, They're mine. Oh my God, I know. I know. And now when I take my puppy to puppy playtime at Petco on the weekends, so which cool. is the best, it socializes so them. Cool. They have like kittens on in, in cages they bring in from the adoption center. And then like Eric is always like, babe, you can't have another cat. But I'm like, but look at this one. Honestly, I don't see the problem with adopting like six cats. Yeah. <laughs> then they're going to have friends. They're going to be friends with each other. They're going to hang out. They're going to be besties. Because when you see, get. This is what I'm saying about being a lame sober person. It's the best. This like is... just being in a pile this... of cats. This is what I obsess over all day. I look yeah. at pictures of cats on my my Instagram. Like half of my following, my the people I follow are like cat rescues and cat meme pages and cat fosters. Like, uh, they're the best. I want kittens ever. I'm actually going to start, I'm going to, when I get back from Japan that I'm going to for nine days, uh, I'm going to, there's a rescue in Los Feliz that my friend uh, just started volunteering at. And she's like, oh, they're always looking for volunteers. And I'm like, I'm signing myself up for that. Gee, what a dream. And I'm going to hang out there. Dude, I was going to ask you, is it hard staying sober working in the music industry or I guess adjacent to the music industry? No, I'm definitely in the music industry. Uh, it's, it's really, no, I mean, it's great. I, I don't really have the desire to anymore, mostly because I've separated it from the idea of like, I am, uh, I'm not getting any solution from drugs and alcohol. It doesn't help me. It makes me worse at my job. And because I'm so driven by like what I do, cause I, I'm one of those very rare people that I'm very blessed. I love what I do for a living. It's amazing. And I would never jeopardize that today. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't want to get worse at my job because I'm high. And no. also clients motherfucking respect you when you're like, 
yo man as much as i want to be the cool guy like popping bottles with you in the edit bay and doing like lines off the desk or whatever and like looking cool with you for the gram i'm <laughs> here to do the fucking job and like the mm-hmm. respect that they get you get from that is like really great because like i've seen people wash out because like they couldn't separate the party from the yep. work yep yep and like especially like i know it's actually like a, it's a really common question is like how do you stay sober through all that and it's like if you focus on just being you and being rad people will respect you and want to work with you more because of that yeah um, and i feel so much more gratification out of like career stuff and uh, uh, you know i have to make a mention like i can't put all my worth on my career things but i feel so much more gratified in like growing and nurturing my career than i ever did just being quote unquote the cool party girl and getting fucked up like that wasn't gratifying (laughs) like i thought if i got enough likes it'd be gratifying never but i got way cooler like after i just got in touch with my weirdness again and like what made me like unique again which is just being myself and being a weird freak it's it's almost as if once you learn that you can love yourself and you love yourself you'll love yourself what that's crazy so what what do you do for your sobriety on a daily basis like what kinds of things do you do to stay happy to stay clean to stay free self-help um i'm i'm constantly invested into making sure that my own life is as healthy as it can be um i i have a problem with uh work-life balance which is like super apparent and i definitely let my life take the backside to my work and it's kind of it's a different because you know like Especially with what I do, because I'm one of those like fake art dudes. Is like I <laughs> fake art. I'll, I get a lot of enjoyment out of what I do for a living, so like it's it's important that I have that outlet. But like I also just want to make sure that I'm taking care of myself. Uh, you know, uh, depression is in my family history, and I'm not going to be one of those dudes. It's like you don't need pills; you just need to work out and diet better. <laughs> Um, but I definitely started to work out and diet better and Got you. I, it helps, but I understand. Sleep, sleep helps a lot sleep too. Sleep is, in, I don't get any of it and it's very important. Therapy. And, I, yes. There is, uh, there, and especially in Los Angeles County, there are avenues you can go to if you don't have a lot of money and you need therapy, you can totally get resources for that. Don't be afraid to find it on the Googles. Am I preaching? I'm preaching. No, no, no. But, I, I think the same thing. And I definitely think there's so much room for antidepressants and, and other prescription drugs of that nature people need help they should get help and i should be but i think um yeah definitely there if if you dabble first and you know a little healthier like working out sleeping like there's like all these and also well i guess for me the game changer of everything that i talk a lot about is meditation i'm no pro i don't have any one way that i do it i've tried different methods different guided meditations and different practices that people have told me about i'm definitely no pro and i sometimes my brain just races when i do it but nothing has slowed me down and calmed my anxiety. I mean, like, I am I have eczema on my skin from anxiety. Oh, yeah. Stress-related diseases. All kinds. Oh, my God. Stri- I've had it all. I've had everything happen to me because of stress. Like, I swear. Everything you can imagine. <laughs> I believe you. Like, fucked it- up shit. And I got to say, like, being sober and meditating every single day, like, for 20 minutes, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I get nervous sometimes and stressed sometimes, but not even a fraction of what I used to be. Oh, no, absolutely. Just a manic mess. One of the most important things I've done for myself is building that spiritual connection. And like meditation is one way of doing it. I, when I was younger, I was, I was raised Jewish, like super Jewish. And then like was militantly atheist. And then like (laughs) that was, which is there, you impress a lot of women and people love you. If you're militantly atheist (laughs) and talk about how God is a delusion. Everyone thinks it's cool and funny and you're the life of the party. I think I read but the book God, uh, The God Delusion the God by Delusion. Richard Dawkins. Yes, yeah. I read that book. Oh my God. Boom. I was like in college and I was like, yes. Fuck me for ever reading that. I was so insufferable. Yeah, I, I, I was this close to tell you, 
I was the worst. I was this close to getting the flying spaghetti monster tattoo. Do you know what the flying spaghetti monster is? I was so close to getting it, and I'm so fucking happy I didn't. (laughs) That's the regret tattoo. That was the only one that could have been a regret, but it didn't happen. Thank God. You would have gotten a cool one, though. But I would have gotten laid over it. For sure. (laughs) Dude, but yeah, finding God was so important to me. Like, uh, especially like after I got sober, like, and really diving back and, uh, you know, it's it, it depends on, like, who you are. Like, I, you don't have to be Jewish, even though, like, Jewish people are cooler. Um, Jew- they are. I am dating a Jew, and, like, all my friends are Jews. So. I love I love your Jew. He's the best. Oh, isn't he such a little he's sweetie? So I know. He's the best. I like that you guys are friends now. And, I, and it's funny, because I see your guys' friendship grow over both of your love for cats. Because, like, <laughs> he and I have been dating a year, and when Bring we met- people he, together. He was not a cat person when we met, and I had a cat. I'm glad you fixed him. Oh my God. No, she did. I mean, she seduces him. He is like obsessed with my cat. He's like, last night he brought her into the bedroom. Like, I forget about her now that I have a puppy, of course, because like he's my, my puppy is my new, it's your my new number one. It's your, yeah. new, it's your new gadget. Yeah. It's my new number one, obviously, because he's way more needy than the cat and I am as well. But Eric like brought the cat into the bedroom by sticking the cat's head in the doorway and then making like the cat talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is the greatest moment of my life. Like, how did my life get so good? I'm talking to a cat voiced by the man who loves me. Life could not peak at all after this. I was talking to my cat via Eric. Oh, my God. It was amazing. I'm not even ashamed by how much I geek out over cute cat stuff. Fuck. I know. We went so talking about dating. Are you dating? How is that being sober? Uh, I had a lot of work I had to do on myself. Um... (laughs) You just say that like it's just like you've rehearsed. Like uh, I've had a lot of work to do. Well, I've had to do a lot of I've had to do a lot of soul searching with my relationships to women. Uh, like many like many men, my relationships to women were uh, horrifically toxic. Um, I I can own that for sure. That I was absolutely terrible. Um, and it was only after kind of like exposing my my nightmarishness and like you know finding God, getting sober, and like fixing myself essentially, was I able to actually treat women with respect and like be, what? A, be a good what? human being. Here's the other one is um uh. My mother was a borderline personality drug addict. Um, I inherited a lot of problems from her, I guess. So, yeah. Like, As and, we all do. And there's this like website that my uh, my one of my good mentors like sent over to me that like it was like a, a breakdown of like how your personality disorders that you have uh, will reflect in like uh, you kind of go out and seek the damage that you're comfortable with. Oh, totally. I learned that. Yeah, I learned that through therapy and stuff like that. So I'm like a. Redu- I wish someone had told me earlier. Fuck. I was. No, like it a- took me forever to figure that. Out. I'm 29. I only figured that out like two years ago. I'm a cripplingly codependent narcissist, and I uh, I'm attracted to women, and I attract women that will destroy me. Because of that, and like I, I went through, we, yeah, I went through a bunch of like crazy relationships. Like after getting sober, I didn't like get, because I stopped drinking. I didn't get better. You know, I had to work on myself. But I'm with this girl now, who's great. She's more spiritually in tune than I am. I learned shit from her. She's trying to set me up with her Kabbalah T-shirt, which I'm super stoked about. Actually, one of my good friends is um, she dabbles in a lot of different spiritual, I guess, groups, and has has taught me a lot of cool things from Kabbalah. Isn't like devoutly into it, I I think, but. She's learned some really cool stuff from it. There's, it's actually, it's really funny. Uh, the girl that I'm dating right now helped me get over a resentment against uh, Goy that fucking uh, co-opted Jewish culture for coolness. Like, yeah, yeah, Madonna, that's because isn't the Kabbalah like based off it, of Judaism? It's such an important tenet of Judaism, and you're not even supposed to study it until you've been studying the Torah for years. And I used to get like wildly angry at Goy that would just be like, "Oh, so I wear the red string? Yeah, and I have the book." Mm-hmm. And I'm, but um, you know, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm dating, <laughs> and I'm, and here I am now, as I'm dating this Goy who's just 
just like super spiritually grounded is not using Kabbalah as a fashion statement. It's just really into improving your connection with God. And it's just like the coolest fucking thing. And isn't I'm like, it great to have a spiritually connected relationship? It's so much better. It's, it's so, so much more healthy. Holy shit. Cause sometimes I go to Eric with like, I, I don't know what to do in this situation. Just tell me. Cause like, it's easier for just to ask for someone to boss you around, but he will never do that, which is great. Cause if he did, I'd hate it. He's always like, <laughs> why don't you pray about it? Why don't you like just wait and see when the answer comes to you versus talk, like talk to God you should do this listen to your inner soul let your divine spirit like you know let you out and, I, I just, and when I, I even know. when I dig at him for compliments like well, do I look like this am I this enough he won't feed into it I'm like it's so it's great not to have someone who will just like feed your bullshit all the time it's it is it's feeding the bullshit because you either have because in any relationship romantic or otherwise it's it's either going to be feeding healthy systems inside yourself or unhealthy systems inside yourself i have a i'm like wildly codependent that i've had to work on that was one of my biggest issues oh, i would have too. codependent me friendships too. i like my, oh, a lot yeah, of my friendships too. were based around my, my oh. fucking narcissism and codependency same and then those friendships would always end with some huge fight huge implosion I, i'd have friendships that are just like on an on again off again dating relationships yeah i would like gay men that were my friends we'd have colossal fights and we'd get back together you know why do we keep putting ourselves through these things it's because Mm -hmm. like the high and the rush that we get off of feeding those narcissistic codependent Mm -hmm. cycles give us so much like it's like a it's like a drug it was my cocaine after i got sober and it was only after i got i found like a new emotional bottom I think uh, I still struggle in little ways with that for sure. I'm actually kind of comforted to know that I will forever struggle with it, which means I'm always improving. Yeah, <laughs> that's so amazing, Max. Do, do, do. I'm so glad you're on and you're being so honest <laughs> with me today. Um, one last thing. So I saw you fucking got a motorcycle, you addict you. Did you actually crash like the first week you got that thing? I crashed the first day I got it out of the shop. <laughs> I'm like laughing at you because I'm like, all my alcoholic it's so friends. funny. Everybody it's... has a motorcycle because we love adrenaline. My my dad was like, he didn't even tell me that he used to ride until I got the bike. And he's like, oh. I, I rode for 20 years. I'm oh, like, my dad was is such a Harley guy. Oh, dude, same. My my dad actually he got a he got a he was doing like a spot for somebody and like they as a gift they gave him a uh, Harley soft tail that they Ooh. they swore didn't fall off the back of a truck like it was blatantly <laughs> stolen motors like it was like it was a weird gig anyways. Yeah, I got the motorcycle and I crashed it the first day I got it. Um, Tell me you're not still dri- uh, driving that thing. I am. Um, I'm taking baby steps though. I'm, <laughs> okay. That's why I didn't ride it over here because I'm still a very new rider and I'm. Uh, I, and I honestly like I wasn't pushing myself when I was. I was riding home from the shop to my apartment. Oh no! And I was going to park it and for whatever reason I was like off the bike and like trying to walk it in but it was still on and I tripped on some pavement and my hand flew off the clutch and the other hand wrenched the throttle and uh, dragged me into traffic into the no side. No way. Into, yeah, into the side of this woman's car. <gasps> Flung me over the uh, the handlebar. I landed head first and like got up like my buddy like watched me do it and he was like you were as you were rolling to your feet you were screaming fuck as you stood up Jesus and then like immediately like almost fell over and I was just like why did I just do that Uh, I was uninsured unlicensed unregistered bike this woman was so fucking cool and here's here's the god shot here here's the god (laughs) shot here is God left me off the hook I had to pay cash for the damage to the car which was a company vehicle okay that's I hit um, but the bike was out of commission long enough for me to finish the fucking nonsense that was me getting the bike registered, getting the insurance, getting the license. Like, Good. Because I had taken the safety classes before this, but I was waiting for paperwork to come in, so I didn't have the license. Um, so it was like a whole thing, but like God kept me off the motorcycle long enough that the next yeah. time I would be ready to ride it, it would have all my paperwork. You'd be legal. <laughs> Good. That's what I'm going with. Good. Oh my God. I just was curious about that because I saw your post. Anywho, where can people find you online and or see some videos you've made? Catch 
catch up with you artistically? What's going on? Um, my website is www.decafgrunge.com. Love it. It's so you. Uh, it's so you. Yeah, it's like punk, but not really punk. Like, <laughs> I'm not very cool is what I'm saying. My Instagram is decafgrunge. Uh, you can either uh, message me on Instagram or use the contact form of my email if you have any questions about, honestly, whatever, if you just want to talk about cats. I'll oh, talk yeah. To you about it's, cats forever. We can all bond about cats. Yeah. Um, thank you for being here. You're rad, and I love seeing a light of sobriety in front of me. It gives me hope always. I am so glad I could come here and fanboy in front of you again. Oh, and yeah. I will forever do that. Ah, okay. Aw, thanks for being here. And thank you guys for listening. This was Casey's Freak Show. Bye bye.